Podcasters, Steve DeLaviaga, so excited to bring you this podcast. In 2000, I tore my ACL and my medial ligament playing professional basketball in Australia in March. By May, I moved back to America and got the great opportunity to work with my brother, Jeff DeLaviaga. Jeffy was running a dot-com company in real estate in the Bay Area in the heyday of dot-com real estate. And as somebody who ran a sales force, built a national program, a lot of what I learned in my early career in sales was from him. And I'm sitting with him now because we're playing in a little golf tournament, aren't we, boy? We are up here in Rock Creek. That's right, in Rock Creek, Montana at the ranch. And so I said, listen, we're going to do a little podcast. He had... He gave me the best advice I ever had about the reality is in this business, there's no such thing as time management. Time goes whether you waste it or use it. It's all about self-management. And I had Jeff speak to our sales force about 10 years ago now, eight years ago now in Arizona. He did such a great job. So, Jeffy, tell me, you've been able to be a self-manager in sales your whole life. You've generated revenue your whole life. Walk me through the self-management programs. These folks can get a little value for you. We'll be back. Thank you. Nothing like playing in a Go ahead, because we're live, so go ahead. <laughs> Too many interruptions. Um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in self-management. I'm a big, believe, believe, big believer in time management. And I think everybody can... T- you know, get more out of what they're doing if they're they're smart about their time. And I think most people uh, um, tend to let things weigh them down. And I believe that um, if you're focused, uh, you can get more things done with less time. And I've always been one of those guys that I could do my job in two or three hours, which took people eight or nine hours to get done. So if you're focused on the task that you have in the hand, and you know, I'm a big guy about writing things down, uh, understand what you have to get done, and have some self wins. By if you put a list together and your list is, you know, whatever it's making breakfast for your kids or getting them off to school or and, uh, making your phone calls for the, for the morning and getting your meetings done and getting your uh, emails out, putting that all on paper and getting that uh, so you can see it and focus on it. It's just a, a great way to live and you'll, you'll knock things out of the park if you have a list and uh, instead of thinking about all the things you have to do, it's all, you know, people have this... Um, vision that uh, it, things are going to take them weeks or months to do. And if you put it on a list and you can actually can focus on it, that list gets knocked out in days, and if not weeks, instead of months and years. So my big thing is, um, you know, just like when we were kids, Stevie, we put goals together. We put you know three short-term goals, three long-term goals in our mirror every day. We looked at it, and then somehow, some way, those always came true. So the same thing without work. If you put a, a list together, say, here's the 10 things I want to get done today, and if you focus on that list, you will knock those out in two or three hours instead of two or three days. Um, the problem is people don't do that. Like, I got to do this, got to do that. And it just takes weeks to get that done. And if you, if you look at it every day and you've seen it every day, you know, more times than not, you're going to knock that out, whether it takes you three hours or four hours. Um, it just, it's a great way to go through and you become way more efficient. You get more things done and people are, you know, and your bosses and, people that work work with you you'll they'll, they'll realize very quickly wow that guy gets everything's done so quickly i can give them more and more and it's just a, it's, it's just an attitude and if your attitude is that oh i'm just i'm bogged down i got so much to do or you just say hey i'm going to tackle it and here's the things i'm going to do i'm going to break them all down into little steps if i can get all these things done today and then i'm I, I, that's my win 
And I think uh, when you go through my time management seminar, I think I did it for your escrow officers. I did it for your sales team as well. It was great to see the feedback, and I still get feedback today. Like, oh my God, your your folders in your in your in your uh, Microsoft Office, or or just having uh, folders on your phone, you know, using Dropbox and be able to find a file within seconds that used to take you three or four hours to find. Now you're finding in seconds because you you have your naming rights right, and you you know you find emails quicker because you have your folders set up in your inbox. I remember <laughs> I remember you in my in my house. Uh, we we did nightly sessions at my house because you didn't even know how to even create a folder. I couldn't even log on to the internet, literally in 2000, (laughs) FYI. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a tribute to what you've done and uh, with your life and, uh, and and the message you give to your salespeople. Uh, it's just like you, you know, pumping people up and getting them, you know, the tools and the nuggets uh, to get to make them great. It's the same thing with I do a time management. If you can, if you can time, you know, have great time management, you can do so many more things and you become more efficient in in your daily deal. And you get get some you get some self relief there too. You get to play, get to play a little bit. You get to go do your, go do your workouts. Yeah. Get to go do your workouts. You get to go. You get to go do your uh, your playtime because you're more efficient on your work. So absolutely, we're at Rock Creek with all the uh, crazy fun people. Jeff, you said something once which I loved. You said, Steve, you don't control time. You control your actions, the people you work with, and the intensity of the things you choose to do. That's all we have control over. You know what's funny? The biggest thing in that is what do you say no to? What do you say? Absolutely. What do you say no to? What do you decide? What doesn't get done? And I think this is the biggest problem in life. Too many people want to say yes thinking they're helping somebody. The truth is they're hurting the things that are important. As you grow in your career, more revenue, more clients, hierarchy of people you report to you or you report with, The reality is learning to say no is a skill set. And I can tell you right now, as I've grown in my career, it's not what I say yes to that helps me win. It's what I say no to. Because what I say no to allows me to do the things I say yes to very, very well. And the truth is, you're going to disappoint some people. You're going to frustrate some people. Some people are going to say, this guy is not going to help me. But I got news for you. If you say yes to everything, you're going to fail miserably because the reality is, there's not enough time in the day. You're not enough talent in your body to do the things you want to do well if you say yes to everything. So as we go through this process, it's what you say no to that makes you the money, not what you say yes to. And so as we look at self-managing versus time management, if you are focused on trying to grow, start asking yourself. I, used to, I call it the wine hour. Every Sunday evening between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., my wife goes to bed early because she's up early. I sit outside with a glass of wine, maybe a cigar, depending on my evening, and I look at my calendar for the coming week, and on average, I have 22 to 35 appointments a week. I will cancel anywhere from four to eight appointments that week because there are things I agreed to that I shouldn't have agreed to. I agreed to it in haste. I agreed to it out of urgency or loudness or things that matter, and the truth is I learned to say, you know what? I shouldn't do that. I can't fly out here to do that meeting that is not going to affect our revenue, our growth, our recruiting, or our talent. I'm going to have to say no to that. And it's funny, it's hard. Well, the good thing you just said right there, too, it's what's important to you. A lot of people will say yes to things that are important to their boss or to their significant other or to whatever. At the end of the day, you have to figure out what's important to you. And 
is it moving the needle whatever your whatever your needle is you know whether that's you know your passion for being in, in shape or your passion for revenue or your passion for you know successful you know marriage whatever that is make sure it's important to you a lot of people say yes and they add things to their plate that has zero to do with them uh, uh, as far as their importance of, of what they're trying to get accomplished and you know, we're all pleasers. It's the way we're, 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 we're growing up. We all want to say yes. And, and sometimes, you know, a, a defining the no is as good as finding the yes. And I think, uh, you know, especially in sales, I mean, you know, people say, oh, that person, that, that company said no, I didn't get the revenue. But you know what? That no just saved me hours for me trying to figure out how to make that a yes, that I can just move on and go get the next sale. And so I think, uh, you know, my biggest advice I can give anybody is, What's important to you? If it's important to you, then do it. If it's not important to you, think twice about doing it before you before you get done. All right, let's get a little rogue now. Let's go back to old school. So I'm 13 and a half, you're 11. Pops leaves, gets divorced. Mom doesn't have a job. She dropped out of college her sophomore year to marry our dad. She gets a job making $1,200 a month in San Ramon, California, in the Bay Area. And she says, boys, here's the deal. I don't have time to argue with you. You gotta get a 3.5 or better. If you don't, I'm gonna send you to military school, which was the threat. You get in trouble with drugs or alcohol, you're going to military school. I'm gonna make enough money that we can live. You gotta make sure you put yourselves in a position to win. And I can remember vividly mom telling me, there comes a time in your life, somebody, you got to take a stand, be a man, plant your feet, and stand firm. This is it now. I wish it was when you were older, but it's what it is now. You need to do this for me. What did you feel like when that happened? Where were you at when that happened at 11? Well, I kind of followed your lead. I mean, I, I remember a lot of our friends were, you know, got into girls, got into, you know, alcohol or whatever. I mean, I'm obviously a little bit older than that. But I remember vividly that you came to me and said, hey, bud, if we want to go to college, we have to get a scholarship. And at the time, I'm like, well, what's the scholarship? Like, well, the college pays for you. So while our, ki- our, our buddies were going out and having a great time and going to parties and whatnot, we were in the driveway shooting hoops and working a, a terrible driveway. It was literally a terrible driveway. Dad put the worst hoop up known to mankind. <laughs> it was like nine feet at the rim, but like 12 feet down by a three-point range. But um, and the cool thing about it, I tell everybody this story. The cool thing about it, we could have been so we didn't have a, we didn't have a parent that was like had a thumb on us. We didn't have a parent that was like, hey, you can't do this, can't do that. We could have done whatever we wanted from the time we were 12 years old until the time we were 18, and we chose not to go down that other path. We chose to stay focused and to work our ass off. We weren't the most talented guys. We were up in the Bay Area. We were white boys playing in San Ramon, and our colleges were giving scholarships to, you know, pros or to brothers that were, you know, way more athletic than we ever were. And somehow, some way, we made it. And we got full rides, and we mom didn't pay for college. And I vividly, I mean, mom, mom woke up before the sun, before the sun came up, took Bart into San Francisco, Worked. Put our breakfast in a microwave that she made at 4 a.m. Uh, absolutely. And then they got home at like 7 or 8 o'clock at night and literally went to bed at like at 9. So we didn't see mom for literally like six years with exception of a weekends. And we could have went 
I mean, think about all the things we could have gotten in trouble about, and we didn't. We stayed focused on our goal and our passion, and you know, I contribute that, a lot of that to you because you were my big brother, and I kind of just followed your lead. But when you went to the park to go work on basketball, I went with you, and we went to go you know, uh, do whatever we were going to do. We, we did it together, and we stayed focused. But you know, a lot of our friends who were way more talented than us didn't make it. I remember I tell the Dan Smurr story to everybody. Dan Smurr was the number one seventh grader in the state of California. He got cut his junior year in high school for basketball. 6'1", 7th grade kid, number one kid in the state, killed everybody in basketball, got cut his junior year in high school. So somehow, some way we made it, and I, I, you know, I think you know, mom, mom gets a lot of this credit because she, she could have done a lot of different things you know, probably differently than she did, but she's just a worker and she figured out. And I don't know about you, but I thought we got everything we ever asked for. I mean, we asked for new shoes, somehow we got them, whether she borrowed money, we don't, I don't even know how she got it done, but we were able to, to, to figure it out, and I think... We didn't know we were poor until we were older. Yeah, I didn't know we were poor. I thought we actually had money. We had a nice house. We, you know, we, we, we both had Grandma's old car that <laughs> she gave us. The Magnum. <laughs> the Magnum, the worst car known to mankind. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think life worked out the way it's supposed to work out. We, uh, we put our heads down. We, we stayed focused, and we, we were so hell-bent on getting scholarships, not even knowing how to do it, but we did it. And, uh, you know, I attribute a lot of that to you and attribute a lot of that to mom being mom. I love it, man. I'm 52 years old tomorrow. 52. By the way, I love it when somebody asks me who's older. It makes me feel so happy. My brother's 50. We're playing in a member guest this weekend. He's my best friend. He's my brother and my brother. And there's very few people as I get older that get that kind of relationship that I get with my guy. And uh, I love it. Hope you got value out of today. Um, uh, we enjoyed doing it. And um, remember, Self-management is the key to success. It's not time management. That runs with or without you. Self-management's your choice. Self-manage yourself to a better success. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you listening. Talk soon.